Welcome, one and all, to the Eagle Auto Park On The Go podcast. You're there. I'm here. I'm your host, DJ Harrington, better known as the Cardiologist. Eagle Auto Park podcast comes to you each and every week to inform, educate, and to bring you tips on keeping your vehicle in top-notch condition. Today, it's my privilege to have a special guest. So maybe this is what we call a special <laughs> Eagle Auto Part, because the president and CEO of a conservative, the gentleman who actually owns, the family that actually owns Eagle Auto Part, is Jack Metzner. And he's the president and CEO. And I like all of our listeners, and I want all of our listeners to know, first of all, Thank you very much for listening to the podcast. This podcast has grown on and on. We're now going up into the D.C. area. We have people from New Jersey listening up in the New York area. We really appreciate each and every listener. So, Jack Messner, let me introduce you to our listening base, and I would just like to tell us a little bit about yourself, and then I'll start asking some questions. Sure. Well, it's a it's a pleasure being here with you, DJ. I'm, I like the opportunity to tell you a little bit about our company. Um, the first thing I will say is I'm a minor correction. Uh, I don't really own Eagle Auto Parts. There was a time when our company started that it really was two families who were the owners of it. But since 1980, we've been a 100% employee stock ownership plan. So although it is true that I'm the president and CEO of the company, uh, the ownership is spread throughout everybody at the company, so it's not it's not quite true to say I'm the owner. I'm just the president and CEO. Fantastic. But, uh, in any event, I grew up in the area. I was a Hagerstown kid. My parents were from the Philadelphia area uh, and uh, went to school in, in Hagerstown, Maryland, did my uh, undergraduate work at the University of Maryland, uh, and then came to work at Conservative after my undergraduate work. Now, can I ask this of you? Um, Tell our listeners how you, why did your dad, and what did your dad do first before he started even doing conservative? Sure. Well, as I mentioned, my parents were from Philadelphia, and my dad got involved with the Sears Roebuck Management Training Program. Oh and they actually sent him down to Hagerstown, Maryland, to work at a store down here. And there was a small Jewish community at the time in Hagerstown with one synagogue, and uh, my father eventually got a call. They wanted to send him to Manhattan to be an assistant manager at one of the Sears Roebuck stores. And a gentleman in Hagerstown named Harry Kirstein, who had owned Maryland Metals, he actually founded Maryland Metals back in the 1930s, approached my dad as, uh, to stay in Hagerstown and come learn the business and, and get in the scrap metal business. And uh, my father decided to take advantage of that opportunity and stayed in Hagerstown and started to work for Harriet Maryland Metals, which was the beginning of a 20-some-year career there. Oh, wow. So your dad started in the metals business. And then what caused him to, to break away or, and proceed on to conserve it? At some point in time, I did some research. And late in the 60s, at some point in time, Harriet asked my father to research the automobile shredding industry. Um, unbeknownst to me, because I was a young kid, uh, around 1970 or so, uh, was my first uh, experience flying in a, an airplane. We flew out to California. I thought it was just a family vacation. I was too young to realize that my dad was actually going out there on an assignment. 
And so as I was doing the Disney World situation with my cousins, right. he was visiting a couple automobile shredders out there. And when we returned, he apparently reported uh, to Harry that the automobile shredder is the wave of the future. Uh, he recommended that they get one, and Harry actually ordered one. Uh, but apparently there was a, an escape clause in the contract, and unfortunately Harry uh, passed away after the shredder was ordered. Uh, and at that time, uh, my understanding is is that my father approached the uh, ownership of Maryland Metals about continuing to keep the shredder coming in. We needed to start a shredding division, and my father wanted some ownership. Uh, for whatever reason, I'm not quite sure exactly, uh, the ownership at Maryland Metals was not interested in that, and they, they went ahead and canceled the order of the shredder at the time. Uh, and, and that really uh, was kind of the beginning of my father breaking away. Uh, he had decided that the, you know, after the uh, investigation he did that actually the automobile shredder was the wave of the future. And, and so uh, when Maryland Metals did not want to continue with the order, uh, that was when he broke away and started conservative. Holy moly. This is Now, what was your dad's first name? Uh, Sydney, S-I-D-N-E-Y. Sydney, Sydney. And uh, he uh, was a World War II vet. He fought in the Battle of the Bulge. He was with the uh, 69th Infantry. Uh, he was very proud of being an infantry man. Fantastic. All right, so then then we start conservative. And what caused your dad to make it an employee stock ownership plan? I mean, how did that all develop? Well, and, and just the starting of conservative was, was not easy as uh, there was a lawsuit that was filed oh by Maryland Metals against my father <laughs> to prevent him from doing this. And uh, without going into the lawsuit too much, yeah. it's something that any, anybody can see now. It's actually case law in the state of Maryland. Yeah. So if anybody goes to Maryland Metals versus Sidney Metzner, they can read all about the case and how it was decided. And it was decided in, in favor of my father, which allowed them to move forward with conservative. Uh, I think that was around 73 or 74. I didn't come on board here full time until 1980. But around 1978, they had started with what was called a defined benefit program. And they started that as a retirement plan. But uh, a gentleman named Norm Curland, who I just spoke with a couple weeks ago, he's 92 years old, uh, lived and breathed social justice and the employee stock ownership plan. And uh, my father was convinced that was the way to go. And so around 1978, I believe, they did away with the defined benefit program and started the employee stock ownership plan. And, and I think there were, there were a couple major reasons that Dad was interested in that. Uh, one of which was he had seen a lot of his friends who had become entrepreneurs start businesses, and then after many years, they realized that the only way to get their sweat equity out of that business was to sell the business. And although a lot of times when people sell businesses, they do very well, uh, a lot of other people don't do so well, namely maybe the employees of the company that are now going to be taken over by new ownership. The other factor that I think had a large impact on my dad was that he had also seen people put up 10, 20, 30 years of their life to work for a corporation or another individual. And then when they leave, they, they maybe get a handshake or a gold watch. And he thought that was a travesty. And I, I still remember back in the day, 
my father saying that anybody who leaves their job to come to work and conserve it and make a career there uh, should be able to go out and buy a Cadillac. Because, you know, back in the 70s, uh, owning a Cadillac or being able to buy a Cadillac was somewhat of a status symbol. So I don't think my father meant it, uh, you know, necessarily. It was more of a figure of speech. Right. Uh, but he thought that people deserved more than that for all their, their time at the company. And the ESOP provided that. Well, let's do this, Jack. As you can hear, the music's about to start on us. Let's take a real quick break, folks. And when we come back, we're going to learn all about the ESOP and more and more about Conservant. Hang with us. Eagle Auto Part is located in the eastern panhandle of West Virginia. The Eagle team is becoming the most recognized name in the recycling industry, serving not only West Virginia, but also Pennsylvania, Maryland, and Virginia. Eagle Auto Part inventory is computerized, racked, and ready for immediate pickup. Arch is our fast delivery service. With a very active presence on eBay, we have several distribution shipments daily. Eagle Auto Part processes all of our vehicles in the most professional manner, which ensures the quality of all of our parts sold. What can we do for you? Visit us on the web at eagleautopart.com or call 800-261-6664. That's 800-261-6664. Or send us an email at sales at eagleautopart.com. You have been listening to Eagle Auto Part On The Go Podcast. Each and every week, we bring you a new and informative episode. Make sure you download and listen. We're available on Spotify, iTunes, Pandora, Google Play, Stitcher, iHeartMedia, Amazon, or wherever you get your podcast. Remember to like, review, and share everywhere. You're always welcome to call the podcast hotline. That number is 706 409 5603 and let us know what you'd like to hear and share with our listeners. We're here because we love our listeners, our customers, our neighbors, new and old, and all of them. And we appreciate everyone who listens to this podcast. We are your recycler at this time. Now, we have the privilege of having the president and CEO of conservative on the line with us sharing with our listeners and we were going into before the break what the ESOP was all about and so we want to talk a little bit more about that if you would Jack. Sure the the ESOP uh, provides a number of different things for the company I had already mentioned that one of the reasons it was started was to act as a retirement program but I also think it's important to point out like any stock program, there are no guarantees. Um, we've paid out over $15 million of proceeds to participants since we started the ESOP. But the stock value is something that goes up and down. And that's a risk that anybody who owns stock. A lot of companies in the past uh, had retirement programs, the government. Those things were guaranteed. But, but a lot of people have seen that the result of that have been businesses closing and in some cases, uh, back in the olden days, for instance, Fairchild used to make a, a regular practice of 
firing their employees about a month before their retirement because there weren't laws protecting that. So although there have always been risk, the ESOP, we feel, is a very transparent way of providing ownership to people that otherwise may not get it. And of course, in doing that, it's expensive for the company because we have to we incur a liability that we have to pay to all the participants. But for that, what we expect is to have uh, workers here that consider themselves owners and behave as owners and spend the uh, extra effort and time uh, that sometimes you don't get from a traditional company. Uh, a traditional company, obviously, you may have an owner, maybe you have a couple of owners, and the lion's share of the profits, when there are profits, would go to those people. The difference at Conservate and any, I think, 100% owned ESOP company is those profits are looked at differently and they feel as though they should be shared with all the participants at the company. So that that's one of the main things. Uh, it also provides a retirement benefit. It, it provides a death benefit as well. It can act as an insurance policy if something would happen to one of the employees. Uh, it also is important that you have a culture at the company that recognizes the ownership mentality. It, it's one thing to tell people they're owners. It's another thing to try to teach them what ownership is about, and that involves the responsibilities of how you look at the company and how you look at your coworkers. Um, so we, we work very hard to try to get a, a, an ownership culture here, and I think the opportunities that are provided by the ESOP are, are kind of unmatched. I, I know one thing. I love the line, behave like an owner. So the person, one of your team members, especially at Eagle, I know for a fact, you have a lot of very good people working there that go out of their way for the customers. They go out of their way to help that person bringing in scrap or coming to buy a used wheel or a used rim. And they act like an owner. They go overboard. We've interviewed some people, Jack, from Eagle that have actually carried a part home to a person on their way home from work. So they act like an owner. They act like the the way it should be. Well, I I can't tell you. We had a company meeting last Friday in the morning, and I relayed this to our people. But over the course of the last couple years of this company, there's been such a shift uh, I, don't, I think I may have mentioned, but in, about five or ten years ago, we just had a natural turnover through attrition, aging employees, retiring employees, and we found ourselves with a fairly inexperienced crew here. One of the first things that we did was to hire a, an HR professional, which ended up turning into two HR professionals and having our own HR department. And, you know, when the first HR professional showed up here, they made it very clear to me, you guys have done all the hard stuff and you've done all the expensive stuff. You just haven't done a very good job of letting everybody around here know about it. And I think that's what they brought to the table. And now, whether it's Eagle down in Martinsburg or whether you go up to New Bloomfield to Raven or to our home facility in Hagerstown, I think what you see is people that are really getting the culture that we're trying to grow here and they're taking pride in it and they realize that their actions and their behaviors can affect everybody. You know, we just had a meeting this morning, for instance, to, you know, it's unfortunate to have to talk about it, but we, there was a shooting in Smithsburg last week that made national news. So now we were all forced to confront that and, and what that may mean. But it really doesn't change the culture here because the culture here to begin with, from the onboarding process down, is to look out for your fellow worker, 
Make sure you have situational awareness when you're here. Safety is the priority. Uh, and, and we've had conversations about mental health and, and, and things that you don't see in traditional companies because I think we really do care about our people here. I think it shows, and I think what you're describing, DJ, is the fact that some of these employees have recognized that. And what we're getting back is what we're giving. And, I mean, I don't think you can ask for more than that. No, um, and, and I'm going to tell you, it's, I had the privilege of driving through. Um, this was after hours at the Hagerstown location. And it's, how big is that? I mean, it's humongous. Well, when they started, when they started conservative, they were lucky to find a piece of heavy industrial. So it was zoned exactly what we want for at Early's Industrial Park in Hagerstown. And at the time, I think that my father and his partner, George Sellers, got the largest parcel. It was a 40 acre cornfield. And so our shredding facility and non-ferrous facility sits on what was a 40 acre cornfield. And then over the last five years, as we've reinvested in our business, We've actually increased our campus here from a 40-acre campus to almost a 76-acre campus as we've purchased a couple more uh, plots that were in this existing industrial park, including a nice piece of land with a large building, which is contiguous with our property. It, it is beautiful, Jack. I have to tell you, I was thoroughly blown away. I have visited other facilities throughout the United States, in Canada, in Australia, and your facility is top-notch. Now, let me go out and ask you this. What kind of person are you looking for to join the team? What kind of attributes or characters are you looking for, and what's the process? Well, we, we have a, a thorough process as far as recruiting here with our HR department, but but a general answer, I think, for you would be we're looking for people that are thinking a little bit longer term, uh, not months, but more years. Uh, also recognizing that the work we do here is not for everybody. So even, even though you try to recruit and you try to uh, interview people to find out what they want, you really don't know, and sometimes they don't know until they've been here for a number of weeks. But we're looking for people that, that are looking for an opportunity in the future, something more than just the paycheck. Uh, like all employers today, uh, I'm amazed at what everybody's getting paid. Uh, that's just what's happened over the last couple of years. But even with the pay being high, and we spend a lot of time here making sure that we're paying fair and equitable based upon uh, the geographic location and the work that the workers do here. But on top of that, we have a great health plan we have the employee stock ownership plan, which we've already talked about, and a number of other perks, which makes it very expensive for this company uh, to, to keep its people. But that's why it's so important to push the culture so that you get a return on your investment. So for people that just want the absolute highest dollar wage rate, this may not be your location. For people that want a place to go to where you're going to be looked at as a, as a co-owner and respected that way, and your safety is going to be top priority. And the idea that if you work here for a couple of decades, you're going to retire with something that will allow you to pay your mortgage off or buy that motor home or to travel the world like you always wanted to, that would be more who we're looking for here, somebody with a little longer-term horizon. I know one of the people that retired um, in the last year or two 
had almost $900,000 in their account. Has there been That's, other people like that, Check. We, we have had people here, uh, hourly workers, whether they're equipment operators or welders, which have, uh, which have left with that much money. And, and what I can tell you is uh, that much money is going to be overtaken here very shortly because we now have people that probably have closer to $1.5 million uh, in that category now. So oh it, it, it's something that I just don't think most people are used to seeing or hearing about. And, and quite frankly, a lot of people probably don't believe it. Uh, but we have a lot of past employees, and we have over 100 current employees. Uh, you're welcome to speak with any of them about our employee stock ownership plan and their personal experiences with it. Well, there's two things I want to do. We're getting close to the end of our podcast, but one thing I want to ask could we tell all our listeners to go to conservit.net? That's the website. And so if they Correct. go to that website, and then the phone number, what's the general phone number? Oh, I have it right here. I can give it to everybody. All the, right. The phone number, Jack, at your place is 301-791-0100. The website, listeners, is a fantastic website. It goes through all the regulations, um, what is an acceptable item? What's a secured item? And they go through the how to, directions how to get there. They're closed on Sundays, uh, closed on Saturdays, and Monday through Friday, 7.30 to 3.45 in the afternoon up at Hagerstown. And by all means, Eagle has their hours and so forth. But here's what I want to ask it, and I'm very humbled that you were kind enough to come on to the podcast to have a president and CEO of a large firm like Conservative to be willing to be on the podcast, I thank you, and I'm very humbled by it. I'm going to ask you a question, and, and this is really for down the road. What do you see of the industry? See, I was, I was talking to a younger nephew at a family wedding three weeks ago, and I said to him, out of the way our country is today, what would I do? And he said, yeah, Uncle DJ, what would you do? And I said, well, I'd get an education. I'd look for somebody in the recycling industry that I could piggyback and learn everything I can from and become part of it. Because yep. with the recession and with everything else going on in our country, there's one thing that we're always going to have. We're going to have recycling. And so I really want to ask you, what do you see for the future and maybe some inspiration for a young person to give you a holler on the phone? Well, I, I think the future for our industry is bright, and, and I'm encouraged to be able to say that because when I started in this industry over four decades ago, there were a lot of questions that I took as threats. You know, one of the things was that they weren't going to be using steel much longer. They were going to go to composites and aluminum and so forth. And although that has come to be with the composites and the aluminum, it's also proven that steel is not going anywhere because steel is still the prevailing uh, metal that they use in so many building products and automobiles. Um, the other thing was, you know, we had concerns, environmental concerns, because there's all kinds of limits to what we can put in the landfill and uh, permissible exposure limits and so forth, and we were concerned about that. But, but time has proven that we have been able to uh, overcome all those obstacles. And I think that the fact that 
most of the new steelmaking processes around the world today use electric arc furnaces. And, and what's important about that is electric arc furnaces use 100% scrap charge to make new steel. So they've recognized that the old open or hearth furnaces and basic oxygen furnaces, which required uh, iron ore and coke and so forth, were very damaging to the environment as well as very expensive. And to be able to use scrap metal not only made that more environmentally sound, but it also got rid of all the discarded metal that we know is around the world. So I think the future is bright. I I always take pride in the fact that we not only make a product here, and that's that's a big deal in this country because not many people make things anymore. We've become a service economy. But we also do it in a way that's environmentally friendly. We make a positive impact. And to be able to do that and then tie that in with the culture here, with the ownership. I just feel very proud about everything we're doing. Well, Conservative is a wonderful company, conserving natural resources. I want all of our listeners to know that serving a tri-state area, including Hagerstown, Maryland, like we talked about where the main facility is, Martinsburg, where Eagle Auto Parts is, and New Bloomfield, PA. This is These are wonderful people and as a as the co-host, the host of the program, usually Doug Williams is on, the general manager of Eagle. But today I'm hosting. Jack, one final thing. If you had one thing to say to our listeners, and that's how we're going to end this podcast, what is the salutation, the ending? You'd like to tell all our listeners about the wonderful company, and I cannot thank you enough for being on our podcast. Well, I, I really appreciate it. It's, it's been my pleasure, DJ. And I think in, in the world and the news that we're all confronted with every day, we're, we're just trying to make a positive difference here at the company. And, and that's, that's worth coming to work for every day. Boy, listeners, you got it. Right from the mouth of the CEO of Conservant. Jack Metzner, I cannot thank you enough for being on the podcast today. And I wish you the very best. Any of you that are looking for employment down the road, I know under employment at the website, they have opportunities. So if you're looking and if you're for safety environmental manager, there's a class A home every day, regional truck driver, which is, you know, $24 an hour. I mean, there's a lot of metal sorters, laborers, and all three locations are looking for people. So uh, listeners, if you know somebody who has a good quality, has good characteristics of ethics and, and are just good, solid people and get along with people, <laughs> this yep. might be a good home for you to go to. There you go. All right, my friend. Jack, thank you so very much for being on the podcast. And I wish all of our listeners, until next time, be safe and we'll see you there. 